Podcast this week. I'm joined by. Oh, sorry, Birdie's away. So we'll start with Forty. G'day, fellas. And Ham. How's it going? And your host Hamish. Um, Birdie has very expensive tastes, and he's working a bit of overtime to get himself um, some more para merch. No, in time don't, for don't, don't, don't cover for him. He's a massive Swifty, and he's just getting ready to go <laughs> to the concert. He's uh, doing up his dress first Friday or Saturday Friendship night. Both nights, yeah, baby. Um, Let's jump straight into it without further delay. So we'll kick off uh, with the SG Ball Week 3 results there. So Eels make it three on the trot to start the season there in the SG Ball. 38-12 to 12 victors over the Balmain Tigers. Try scorers, Brettel, Almadeen, Camilleri, Lucien, Stevenson, Haller, Ferrugia and Fagalele, Fagalele I think that is. Um, Ferrugia, five from seven off the boot. 14-12 um, at half time. Mm-hmm. In the second half, they put it on. Yeah, big strong finish. Not unlike the the prior two games, Ham. Yeah, it seems to be that there are, you know, as the coach come out and said, they're fighters and they're obviously much fitter uh, than their opponents have been so far. It was, uh, to be fair to both teams, it was scorching out at uh, Lincoln Granville on the weekend. Uh, the sun was absolutely hammering down on the 10 o'clock start. Um, and yeah, I, I thought, I, I certainly wasn't dour, but uh, both teams sort of turned the ball over a bit in the first uh, 40, 50 minutes. A um, bit of a physical contest, uh, and the Eels did a very good job not losing their heads and, and sort of staying, I'd say, in control of the game. I, I feel like they were the better team for much bigger stretches of this contest, although the Tigers were able to pounce on a couple of opportunistic uh, moments where the Eels had made a mistake or uh, sort of opened the door for them to score those two tries. But the scoreline ended up being a pretty good reflection of the difference between the two teams, and I think in this one, the two flankers, again, were excellent ham. Uh, I know you've praised Mo a lot uh, coming into this season, but he was very good on the weekend as well. Uh, the only knock on Dom this week was he had a really bad strike of a conversion just to the left of the post, and he was not happy about it. Um, but aside from that, I thought Lorenzo Talatina had some really nice touches. Uh, Dylan Bredel had an 80-metre try from a scrum win uh, of a big uh, lavish dummy and go. And then in the forwards, uh, I thought, you know, Seb Piercala again, good. Jai Camilleri, he's very strong at a dummy half. I'm... Really interested to see how he builds for the season. And then uh, on the interchange, I think uh, Lucian and Moffat did some good stuff this week. Yeah, uh, Bo moving from – it was actually his birthday, 18th birthday on uh, Saturday for Big Bo. Um, coming off the bench, must have uh, been planning for a big one that evening. <laughs> um, I, I prefer him starting. I think he's done really well starting. If, if I'm honest, I haven't really seen much from Stevenson Huller to um, – Warrants being put up, his name put up in lights and uh, to be starting over Bo, who I think has been a really solid contributor. So not sure what the go is there, but hopefully they'll work it out eventually by the end of the season. Uh, t- to me, this game, I've, I've, I've spoken about him a couple of times, but Melly Alamedine, it was he was on his haunches, but he was still, he's got that Dylan Edwards mentality of two hit-ups a set. And it was down, down, in, down on his haunches late in the game, um, but he just made sure that he got his hands on the ball and made those meters. Got a quick play of the ball. He, I'd like to see the numbers on him because he'd be he'd be he'd be going yeah, be, through a fair few. Be uh, 
racking up the meters. And there was one critical set in the second half where both, I think Dom started it with a really strong about 20 meter carry. And then uh, Mo just split him up middle 30 meters on top of it. And then I think, was it the try where uh, it was uh, Piakawa to Lush to, sorry, no, it was Moffat to. To Lucian. To Lucian, I think. That was, that was that set, I'm pretty certain. And it was just built entirely off, you know, the, through the middle of the two wingers and then the two forwards. So yeah. they, they did a fantastic job. The the only knock you could have on uh, Alamedine this week was he was two-on-one with the fullback. Oh, <laughs> and he, he always always backs himself too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, always backs himself, but he tried to be selfless in this particular instance and tried to thread a pass back to Talatina on his inside and unfortunately got intercepted. So. Yes, unfortunately, very unfortunately, the second row was tracking back. Uh, other than that, though, another top game from him. As you said, Lorenzo Talatina. Um, the two centres were sold, Kokoi and Vivella. I thought, you know, not, not outstanding, but very sold. Um, yeah, I noticed Kokoi really loves to put the shoulder in in defence, which, mm-hmm. which is good to see for a young fella. And, uh, yeah, both back, both back roles again, Funaro Yuta and Lakeni, lots of involvements. Um, and we're starting to see them open up their games a little bit here, but that's something you're saying to me. You think that they've got a lot uh, a lot of room to grow in that regard in terms of second-phase play and some of the other stuff that you can do when, when getting a stronger connection with your half on that side of the field. Yeah, both comp- probably the strongest runners of the ball I've seen so far in this competition. They're very hard to handle, but to become a first grader, you probably need a pass, you need an offload, you need a step, and, you know... Jez is only 18 years old, first year in SG Ball. Tyrese is 19, just come back from um, King's Rugby Union. Uh, so there's still a lot of time for them to, to go and, you know, don't want to put the mockers on them, but I think they could both feature in Jersey Flag later in the year. Yeah, looking at the ladder at the end of round three, there's three other teams that are also undefeated, the Dragons, Steelers and Roosters. So They all meet this week as well. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Me. I got that up. Oh, Hannah told me a fib. Wow. Yeah, I lied on that one. Wow. It was because it was when the Knights were still up in fourth. Ah, true, true. There you go. Um, yeah, well, most of them will be playing against each other, but the Newcastle, they're there. They can certainly put on some points. Yeah. 118, yeah, 118 points four. so far this year. Second best in the comp right now, yeah. All right, let's get into the Eels' first trial match of the season, going down 38-16 to 16 against the Canberra Raid- Raiders, rather. Um, seven tries to three. Off he, Ogden, Sean Russell, Bailey Simonson, all getting over. Sean Russell, two from three off the boot. Um, there was that one sin bin to the Raiders. Uh, coming out of it, um, there's not... Somebody was reported, weren't they? But we had two, so two unreported, yeah. Yeah, and he's fine. Correct. And then who is the second player? Makatoa for the hip drop. Oh, yeah. And if we lose Makatoa, but <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. I believe he got off with a fine. So. Well, there you are. Too easy. Um, well, let's have a look at just one of the major stats that came out to me. And, you know, it's only a preseason trial match. And this is probably uh, part of the course. But the missed tackles there were pretty huge. 57 all in all and 17 ineffective, which... Um, probably for patches in that second half was the major difference. Yeah, uh, I think in the second half, uh, there was a number of factors for the Eels. I think there was a bit of fatigue. We, we kept a few boys out there for a long time um, in the middle. Uh, on top of that, I think maybe a lack of direction. I, I think, I know we, we all have very high raps on Ethan Sanders, but that was a very big welcome to senior football moment for him uh, with the pace of the game, obviously ratcheting up a, a gear or two. Um, and you, you tag onto that with some... Uh, the Raiders were the better team in the second half, but there were some pretty fortuitous runs of play for them, including that Danny Levi try assist that uh, helped get them back into the box seat to win. 
Um, but yeah, this was a game where we played. It, it was the worst trial performance from us in a long time. Perhaps the entire tenure under Brad Arthur, we've always been a very strong trialing team. Um, this was probably the worst we'd looked in a long time. So it was interesting in that regard. Um, we usually turn up the trials well prepared and, and really taking it seriously. And this was a game where it felt like we were a bit off the ball. Yeah, I have to say the first 20 or so minutes when they were really digging down, like some of the performances there, Sean Russell, he was fantastic um, in that period of play. Um, I also thought Sean Lane had a good run and so did uh, Kelma Tuolagi mm-hmm. in that opening stanza. Um, but thereafter in that second period, as you said, a, a lot around the middles, the line speed was just non-existent. Um, and it just stood to, what, a 35-degree day. A lot of middles stayed out there yeah, for a lot 70, longer. 70 plus percent humidity. It was tough conditions out at Cogra. Um, and, of course, hands had to do a big yeah, stint yeah. with Matt Arthur, unfortunately, getting his first out tackle. Mm-hmm. First tackle, um, which are, all contributed. Um, but, yes, yeah, some, some of the um, the hand tackles in the second half were... were it means it, them. And it wasn't a game bereft of positives. Um, I, I know Ham will have some of his insights too, but... Going through the team, obviously you picked out Sean Russell. He was fantastic. Got to see some real speed from him. That recovery to gun down Xavier Savage was just really, really encouraging. He looks bigger and stronger but hasn't lost any speed, which is obviously nothing but good. Uh, We saw a good battle between Harper and Simonson. They weren't without blemishes, but at least both offered some positive stuff there. I thought Dejan Arcee was pretty good in the opening quarter of play, steering the team around. I was actually surprised that we uh, let him run the show so much, but he did a good job uh, with a lot of neat kicks. Uh, in terms of the forwards, you mentioned Sean Lane. He was solid. Kelmatol Lange was outstanding. Uh, Brennan Hands was decent. Uh, more than decent. That's unfair on him. Brennan Hands was good. Um, I thought Woody was very good for most of his stint until they left him out there for a long time where the, the conditions got to him, um, which wasn't a surprise. But I thought he was quite good. Uh, and then, yeah, from from the extended roster, we didn't get a real chance to see any of the young kids shine. Obviously, Woods, Matt Arthur got concussed in that opening tackle. And then after that, oh, you know you know who actually did have a decent game in the limited stint that we got to see him was uh, Joshua Lynn. Um, probably, you know, Sanders was by far the more hyped coming into this game, but Lynn had the try assist to Bailey Simonson and had a couple of decent clearing kicks. So well done to him there. So, yeah, it, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a game bereft of positives, uh, but... Yeah, it just after that first quarter of play where we couldn't get the we couldn't convert our territorial advantage into more points, the Raiders did a very good job coming back at us. Am your insights? Um, yeah, in terms of the loss, like obviously you never want to lose, uh, but I think it's sort of the game turned uh, once the Raiders really brought on uh, Danny Levi. Also, believe they brought on Peter Holler and Emre Gula sort of late on the in the in the game when we still had Brendan Hands who was cramping and unfortunately uh, got a cramp and allowed the Raiders to stroll over right where he was uh, getting attention or should have been getting attention. Um, and right when we were bringing on Saxon Pryke, Charlie Geimer. So in these games, it really matters when interchanges occur and uh, who is being brought on sort of thing. I thought that um, when when both teams were quote-unquote full strength, it was 16-all and then uh, you probably had that Crossfield kick from uh, Sanders, and then Schiller caught that in goal, and then that was, and then from there I just sort of sort of went away from us a little bit. I, but I, I, people are concerned. I'm I'm not concerned. Even if we'd won, I'm not concerned. No, it's, it's a trial. It's a trial match. It's, and it's the biggest concern out of it is Arthur uh, getting concussed. But all indications uh, from commentary were that he had responded well after leaving the field, which means he goes into the normal concussion protocols 
that he'll be tested with and monitored during the week, which he won't be eligible to play this week. But yeah. he should be okay moving forwards, knock on wood. Uh, what did you – I mean, we had two young guns in the team, Ham, and I sort of spoke a little, about, a little bit about Ethan Sanders. But how did you see him and Blaze? Um, Blaze obviously had that one big error which led to the Raiders' first try uh, where he pulled his hands away. But we've got to remember, this is his first ever game at fullback, so um, those things are going to happen. Uh, I thought other than that, once he moved into the centres, he had one big carry where he didn't – the whole game he was never physically dominated. And for someone who's coming into their second preseason, uh, first trial match, never played against men before, uh, these are the sort of players who'll be playing in reserve grade. So um, to be 18 turning 19 this year, to be not be physically dominated, I thought it's it's a good sign. It's a good sign for the future. Um, Ethan Sanders obviously had more responsibility on his shoulders um, and more expectation based on what has been written about him over the over this year and I suppose last year. Um, yeah, look, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one when you're a half and your team starts to lose possession. He probably could have done a little bit more early in the game when we had that. Uh, I think we had six sets in a row where we completed and Canberra only three or five or something small like that. He probably could have kicked them to death a little bit more. But again, that's what trials are for. They're, they're to see where, especially tr- the first trials, to see where these young guys are at. Um, you know, I, d- I don't think that we should put him back to Jersey flag or admonish him for his thing. He just It's just a learning process mm-hmm. and to and to say you know you see some comments online you probably shouldn't read them but picking uh, players future entire future where they're going to be good bad on, on one the greatest of all time New South Wales one gamer, game. trial game like yeah. based on one trial match like and that's why I feel it's important that obviously when we're podcasting we're no one special or important but in general when you're talking about these players you want to try and separate your emotions because in the game you get fired up, you know, we're happy or, or sad or frustrated. But when you're being critical, you want to be constructive. You know, you don't want to just shit on a young kid just because they had a bad game or weren't, you know, setting the world on fire. And if you're going to judge Sanders on the, the single game here and ignore the bulk of all the work he's done, the junior representatives and the jersey flag, it's wild, isn't it? And, you know, you know, you, want, you, don't, you don't want to compare a player because I don't think that does him any good, but... I, I didn't think Ethan Strange, who's um, what his his partner from New South Wales under nineteen, contemporary from the same nineteen team, yeah. So I don't, I didn't really see much from him, like in terms of oh, he's going to be an absolute superstar. He had another, he had a solid game too, and you know, I'm you're not going to judge him his entire career based on this trial match. So what we why same for Chevy Stewart, the much hyped fullback prospect who didn't have a huge impact on the game itself. So. That's how it goes. Exactly. That's how it goes. It's, just, it's a trial match. I don't think, and even, you know, we're talking up Sean Russell and Kelma Tuolangi. We've got to remember who they're playing too. Like these guys are reserve graders. They should they should be having good games. They should be having good games against these guys. So, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, they're in for a big year, but it is a positive that they stood out when a lot of players, first graders, um, come back and sort of play these games, don't really stand out. They sort of played down to the level. Trial match. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but having said it was a trial match, um, Bailey Simonson as well at centre, I think that just cemented in our eyes that that's his position. Um, one with the try score and two with the try save um, pretty much directly straight after. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that, that was a really good play. That's what you want to see in trial matches is uh, scramble. You want to see – that's good. That's a good attitude to have. And, you know, outside of probably 
two offloads that both of them had. I thought both centres had solid games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one error from Morgan, which I don't think was really on him as much as it was um, on the person passing him the ball. Um, all right, well, that wraps up that trial. Well, we'll have, I think it's 11 players coming into the team this week, so taking this one a bit more seriously, um, but we will get to that in the preview. There were two other matches which had Eels in attendance. One was the Indigenous and Maori male sides. Um, so in the Indigenous side, Jermaine Hopgood there, starting lock. He got in there 10 runs, 83 metres, and made a stack of tackles as well. Nothing really to add to that one, boys. Oh, I, I, was out, I was out on Friday. I didn't get a chance to watch yeah. those stars. I was at Blink-182, so um, yes, I was not paying attention to that either, but go Jermaine. Um, any chance to uh, represent um, um, his heritage is great. Yep. So would you say you're not feeling this game? <laughs> no, I was feeling something else on Friday oh. night. Oh, you fell in love with the girl at the rock show. Oh, <laughs> and, and the big thing, obviously, Jermaine got out of his game unscathed, which is always a huge plus when it comes to... I, I know that the All-Stars game has importance culturally to the NRL, but when it's a a representative game or an exhibition game, it's always good to get your players out unscathed. Yeah, well, especially with um, some of those comments coming out of the Raiders um, as to whether or not a game would count against a um, trial suspension, you know. Um, I would really want to, if it was my heritage, I'd like to um, to represent it. And if I'm not allowed to, I'd want that one to count against any um, club suspension that I may have. Um, bit of consistency there, boys. Yeah, I mean, if you get injured, I mean, it should count, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I guess there's two lines of thought there. Either, like, every single game, including reps, count, or we don't count reps and people are free to play and the NRL, uh, it only counts for NRL games. I don't really care either way. I just want some consistency. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Whichever <laughs> system they end up, like, plumping with, just commit to it. All right, and then in the women's, uh, the Maori came over the Indigenous All-Star 16-12. to 12. Zali Fay going for a double there, um, getting her team home. Zero from four conversions, though, uh, with the sin bin as well, um, but enough to get over the top of the Indigenous team. Again, I didn't get a chance to watch that. No. Sounds like neither of you boys yeah, did same, either. Same, same, no, boat, yeah, yeah, I was out for dinner. Um, all right, and do you guys have any word from the unofficial... Um, trial matches that we may have participated in on the weekend. I watched the first quarter and left after the uh, after I found out that Jersey Flick was on after New South Wales Cup. So I I could only uh, I could only make out three players. I think it was mm-hmm. in the New South Wales Cup, and I just lost interest and left. <laughs> yeah, it was you know pretty classic first hit out of the preseason. You know more RMC than New South Wales Cup team list. Um, so I think there was a trade. We saw tries being traded, or maybe even Manly scored. I can't remember, but uh, it it was mostly just going through the motions. All right, we'll back to some regular season action, at least in the juniors. So round four coming up, uh, which will see all four grades in action. Um, kicking off, are they all against the Steelers? Yep, and they're all down at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. There you are, full day of juniors. If you do want to venture down on Saturday the twenty fourth. Um, so kicking it all off, the Lisa Fiola Cup, 10.30am, Steelers against the Eels. And at 12 noon in the Tatra Gales, Steelers against the Eels. And at 1.30pm, Steelers against the Eels. And then at 3pm, SG Ball, Steelers against the Eels. We might give you time to get home from Wollongong for the pre-season week, uh, Challenge Cup Week 2. What time do we kick off? 5pm. It should give you time. 3pm, I'll oh, actually be coming up very fine. You boys going to be down there? Oh. No, no. 
<laughs> no, I've got uh, I've got uh, birthday <laughs> celebrations on this weekend. Your own or somebody else's? Uh, my own. Ron's. It's a <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a milestone this weekend. It's uh three zero. Three zero, mate. Okay, well Get I hope you're gonna be some lollipops. <laughs> no, no lollipops. I'll get the walking cane out for you soon, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> no, congrats, mate. I hope you have a nice one. Um, and you know, go a bit crazy. Uh, well, you will be going crazy once we. Oh no, you'll be in recovery mode for Sunday. My bad. <laughs> Sunday, the twenty fifth of February, five pm, round two of the much vaunted NRL preseason challenge cup. I think we're out of the running for winning it this year. Oh, jeez, four hundred thousand dollars. And as they were uh, love to mention, you know, that, what is it? You get like an extra bonus point for five tries, a bonus point for offload, mm-hmm. 70 offload. Oh, God. And uh, yes, line breaks. Peak, peak rugby league. <laughs> peak for Landy's ball. <laughs> um, but this team list is looking a lot more full, but we'll start with the Titans. So they've got Keanu and Keeney. Um, I don't know who that is. Um, fullback, Campiera and Philip Sami on the wings. Brian Kelly, AJ Brimson in the centres. Kieran Foran and Tanner Boyd in halves. Fotoaker uh, and Palassi starting props. Sam Verrills at nine. Jacob Alec and Bo Furmore, second row. Furmore, he's coming back from the injury, isn't he? Yeah, he had, he's had dog shit luck, honestly, in the last couple of seasons. He did his ACL pretty early on last year. Um, and prior to that, it was pretty handy as both a centre and a back row. Mm. Um, Tino Fasul Malawi at lock, Chris Randall, Joloff, Aaron Clark, and Cleese Haas uh, in the extended bench there. Uh, sorry, in the on the interchange, rather. The extended bench is Joe Stimson, Harley Smith-Shields, Jojo Fafita, Tom Weaver, Jalen DeGroote, Josiah Paulu, and Isaac Fasul Malawi. How, how, uh, how much do you reckon Jalen has to deal with the I am Groot memes? <laughs> a lot um, although I didn't pick that up um, directly so maybe not as much as we think <laughs> um, alright so that's a full 24 um, team list there for the Titans we've only named 22 but it starts with Gutherson at fullback on the wing Sean Russell Makasivo Will Penasini and Bailey Simonson in the centres Dylan Brown Mitch Moses in the halves RCG Junior Paolo at uh, starting props, Joey Lussick starting at nine, Sean Lane, Bryce Cartwright, second row, Jermaine Hopgood at lock, Brendan Hands, Widow McGregg, Joe Offerhand-Gowie, Kelma Tuolagi on the extended bench, Ryan Madison, uh, sorry, on the extended bench rather, is Ryan Madison, Morgan Harper, Hayes, Dunster, Dejon, Arcee, Blaze, Talangi. Um, boys, that looks like pretty much round one starting team. I guess the big one um, that's not in the 17 is Ryan Madison. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting. Sorry, here you go. Uh, no, I was just going to say because um, I know a lot of people are shitting their pants over uh, Arthur coming out and saying he wouldn't pick a specialised dummy half on the bench or a specialised hooker on the bench. Um, to me, that said he was going to start Joey Lussick and have Brendan Hands because, as we've seen, Brendan Hands in reserve grade has played hooker, half, lock, pretty much wherever we need him to. I understand in first grade he's been exclusively at hooker, but to me that's a utility. Um, so that's how I read it. I know a lot of people read it as um, we could have four forwards or three forwards and a, a back or something like that. I don't know what they were thinking, but to me, the only the only thing I could see changing between this team and round one team is Mattison and Tuolungi changing. I, I think one to sixteen is set in stone. 
I just think 17 might be a playoff between Tuolungi and Madison. And based on, you know, based on past years, you'd say Madison. Based on that trial, you'd say Tuolungi. You saw enough from Joe Effingay last year to lock him in? Um, I think he's in the team based on previous years and maybe a bit of leadership over the over the training period. I just think he's a smaller forward. We've got a lot of big – we have a lot of big forwards. Romano's a big forward. Maybe we're looking to sm- uh, shorten up a bit, sort of be a bit smaller, be a bit more mobile. I mean, in the end, right, someone had to miss out. Like, exactly. Th- there was no configuration where you're getting five into four. It just the maths doesn't work. So um, I think that some subsection of the fan base was going to be upset depending on who missed out in whatever permutation or combination it was. And in this case, I suppose Madison's the biggest name, which is probably what's going to cause the biggest, you know, quote-unquote drama out of this. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with him being the 18th man. I'm just I'm interested to see if we can we will see a shake-up between now and round one based on what happens this Sunday. Um, I, I think, looking at that bench, I think Woody should be considered a lock. I think what we saw from him last year when he went to another level, uh, deputising for Reagan Campbell-Gillard, uh, really, you know, showed the growth of him uh, alongside what we saw in that trial against the Raiders. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on uh, Joe being a lock for this uh, bench. I, I think, yeah, I think that it's either him and Tool, like there's some combination between him, Toolungi, and Madison, or uh, depending on that, you know, the old age of horses for courses, um, we could drop Brendan Hands to 18th man depending on the matchup and go for four forwards. But then again, you run into that same problem. We've got a lot of big minute forwards in this team. How do you get them cycling through the minutes? If that's the case, so that's exactly right. Because you know, I want I want Ham, I want Hamish's opinions on this. But you know, Bolo and Campbell Gillard, you'd say fifty minutes mm-hmm. on average. Uh, Hopgood, you'd say seventy. Uh, Woody, twenty five to thirty. Joe, probably forty to fifty. I'm, I'm just, quick maths, but you only got uh, two hundred and forty minutes in a game. You know, I'd say that's probably about. 240 minutes. Yeah, well, put, I think that's right. And, yeah, Matt, Matt probably, agree with what probably probably the bigger, I use offender really loosely here, but because he's another 50-minute-plus forward, he might complicate that rotation more than, say, someone like Tuolangi or Opengahi who can go into that 20, 30, 40-minute slot more comfortably. Well, I think that's it. It's like, um, you know, you get that origin forward where you want somebody to go out there and um, just FS up. Crack some spells, um, yep. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's sort of a role for Kelmer, and I think we saw a little bit of that on the weekend where, you know, he can go hard in short bursts, um, even though he was asked to play a lot li- longer stint there. But he has, um, you know, Ryan's also got that ball-playing ability, but Ryan, he's always struck me as someone who's better off starting um, or at least coming on after that first 20 minutes and then playing out pretty much the rest of the match. He's better in longer stints. Um, the longer he's in, the more his head gets in the game, the better he gets. Um, where you guys are right, you know, if you've got Joe O playing in that role, and I don't know if Joe O will be in that role long-term, um, if he's playing like some of his stints were last year, maybe we've washed the, the West Tigers stink off him uh, in the off-season. Um, it took a while to wash the, the West Tigers stink off Ryan Madison um, after he was over there. Um Maybe you could interchange those two players on a weekly basis, depending on, you know, use, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, as you guys said, there's four bench spots. You've got more than four um, players who could fit into those roles. So somebody and has to miss out. And in this trial match, exactly. it's Ryan Madison. Emphasis on trial match, isn't it? Because 
Uh, I think there'll be a lot of knee-jerk overreactions based on what is a trial team list where there's still 80 minutes of football to be played. Uh, so for Bailey Simonson and Morgan Harper, for Ryan Madison plus the rest of the bench composition, um, there is still a contest here. You know, they, they're still going head-to-head fighting out for that starting spot and for the depth uh, chart, you know, sort of shakeout. So while the, the players that are named to start or named inside the top 17 obviously have the inside running right now, uh, it is not set in stone. Yeah, like I could easily see after half time, you know, well, I think for about 50 minutes, we'll probably see the top line guys out there for, um, you know, you could even see Ryan Madison playing a stint in the halves um, on some of the, the players there mm-hmm. um, named, you know, Dejan Arce, you'd expect him to go in the halves at some point. Perhaps we could see Brendan Hands play a little bit in the halves um, just to see his utility value if something should happen to six or seven during a game during the season. Uh, you got Blaze will probably go and take over from Gutho um, when he's had a bit of a run. Oh, um, I was going to ask about that. On, on our you know offline chats, we're sort of talking about what positions Blaze might play. Do you think he gets a run, uh, given that Gutherson doesn't really need to tune up too much for the game? You know, He's the king after all and has been ultra consistent for every year he's been an eel. Do you think there's a chance that we throw Blaze in there while the starting, one, sorry, the starting six, seven, and nine are also on the field? and see how he can operate with a higher class of playmaker around him? I think there's a potential, but I, I wouldn't expect it to be more than five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. I think he probably comes in, um, what you say, Bailey go 50, 60 minutes based on how many minutes he played last week, and you might see him come in, come into the centres there, or uh, I suppose Harper can also fill that role. Uh, I... You know, it's hard to say because Gutho does. Would Gutho would probably prefer to play eighty in this game, if we're honest. Um, yes. So it's it's a, it's a different one, isn't it? Like, yeah, where that bench comes in, they probably only end up playing fifteen, maybe absolute maximum twenty five minutes. Um, that's where Brad sort of usually takes off his team. Um, about that in the second trial, I've noticed in years gone by. So, um, but that's where you know only naming twenty two is interesting. Maybe he's, yeah, they haven't taken a full squad up there, have they? No, maybe he's planning to play these guys for a full game or close to it because the Titans have named 24 and you'd think that we'd be naming 24 if, if that was the case. So, it, yeah, that's that's something to look out for. Hey, boys. So on my wish list this week, line speed. What's on yes. your wish list? Um, first eight sets completed. Hmm. Uh, line speed, really, Hamish. I think you, you hit the biggest nail right on the head there. So I'll go in a different direction. Um, I want to see, in terms of the ball in hand, I want to see some combination plays between forwards, I think. Um, I don't want to just see... I, I know it's a trial. We're not going to be you know, throwing haymakers left and right, but I would like to see forwards working in pods a little bit um, and maybe throwing a little bit more than just vanilla play at the Titans, at least through the middle. Yep. And... um. Referee is Jared Sutton, Peter Goff, the senior review official. Oh, one uh, thing I want to sorry, talk about. It's been a week of trials now, and obviously the junior reps. So to clarify on the downtown changes to the kicks, it's people in front of the ruck? Is that what they're saying now? That's my understanding if it's like a blocker in front of the ruck sort of thing. So that, that's like when you're out of play in general, right? If you're in front of the ruck, you cannot participate in general play. If the ball comes to you, it's a penalty, right? You see it once every blue moon. Is that mm. are they talking about the same people, the guys that are in front of the play of the ball? Yes, but now it's because it's a kick they've deemed it to be an instant penalty. Yeah, but so but it it doesn't actually impact the way Mitchell Moses strategically places himself in general. 
because we, we all know Moses loves to kick from deep behind the line to get the extra time to then, you know, reef it. And it's, you know, almost unique to him the way he does it in the NRL. Um, it doesn't actually impact him as long as his players stay behind the ruck, like they don't go offside from the general Yes, point. and I believe that uh, we saw it in the Manly game where Nathan Brown was a blocker specifically for the kick. That became a penalty. Um, that's more akin to your Isaiah Yeos and James Yeah, yeah, the, the, the shielding and shepherding that happens yeah. around for the kicker, yeah. And so, you know, fingers crossed they remember that for the entire year <laughs> and not just for one trial match. Uh, but I, from what I gather, it shouldn't affect us in the way Mitchell kicks too much, as long as we don't set up a wall. Or- yeah, that, that was my primary concern when they started panelising in the junior reps, and we didn't have uh, full clarity on what the rule interpretation had been changed to. But now that we've seen it more in action, I feel a lot more confident that it's not going to impact the way we approach clearing kicks as much as it could have. Yeah, I just, I still don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're, we're saying this with what we hope is the correct interpretation. So based on I- what we think is there, it shouldn't hurt us. I've lost all hope in NRL administration with with regards to oh, rules and Oh, by the way, Hamish, Hamish was part of this too. So the changes to the kickoffs and restarts for short attempts and the interpretation of a uh, contestable ball, we saw a kickoff, Hamish, or Ham, uh, travel a net sum of, what, two metres uh, oh, down the if field? That. If that. And it was, it was never going to make it to the 10-metre mark inside Parramatta Territory to become contestable. This and is an SG ball. An SG ball. And the, the official still deemed it to be a contestable kick and a 10-meter or 40-meter play the ball instead of a penalty on halfway. So yeah. th- it, it is going to be very frustrating throughout the course of this season. Uh, and not just that, like, why is it? Why is a kickoff then a penalty, not a not a play the ball on the 50? Correct. I can understand, yeah. I can understand <laughs> a, a goal line dropout because you can't play the ball on the, on the goal yeah, line. You've got to go back, go enough, back 10 but, meters, yeah. But from a kickoff, why is it why is it a play the ball on ten meters? Like, why are you oh also God. then being punished? I can see a lot of teams strategically doing that, especially you know, say, say you know, very very circumstantial and hypothetical here. Say you're four points up with a minute to go. I'm not kicking long because they could throw the ball around at the back and open my defensive lineup. I'm kick. I'm not even trying to make it ten. Kicking short and having a set defensive line on the forty meter, and then they've got to go from there. You know, I, I understand that's very circumstantial and probably only happened once every... Yeah, but it, it is such a weird change to the rule, isn't it? Uh, oh. Designed and, uh, you know, designed around the whole facilitating of a contest. But it's not like short kickoffs and short drop-offs, uh, drop-offs were struggling for contestable balls. You know, yeah, we're, we're just... having tremendous success. I mean, the short drop-off is now a drop-kick or drop-out is now the norm. It's just people... Uh, tinkering sure to prove they, 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 that they are relevant, right? You know, this, yeah. The Rules Committee and whatnot are relevant and important because they're making these changes. Landy's, um, I was watching it this week, that South Park episode of Sarcastable. <laughs> it's, it just seems like this. It's like they're signaling for a touchback or possibly for a safety. And then the ref just comes out and says, fuck it, it's a field goal. <laughs> That's pretty much Valandi's approach to the rules. At as long point, as you so. can bet on it and make it into a, a, a what do they call it? A parlay. What do yeah, they call it? Yeah, that's parlay. American. Yeah. That's the American term uh, for... Bah, multi-leg. It's a multi-leg. Yeah, multi-leg. It's a multi. Yeah. As long as you can bet on it and make it into a multi, PVL's all for it. All right. Well, with that, 
old man yells at clouds segment. Uh, we might close it off there. I think there's a um, few old men. <laughs> <laughs> About to be an extremely old man um, yeah, on Saturday. <laughs> um, but early happy birthday for you there, Ham. Um, maybe I might send you some lollipops. Um, no, oh. <laughs> I never said that were from me. Ah. <laughs> um, but we'll round out, um, unfortunately, being the last game of the uh, second round of Oh, well, sorry, the, what do they call it? The pre-season Challenge Cup. Um, so maybe even before our game, we'll know our fate if we can win it or lose it in that game. <laughs> so. um, yeah, everybody on tenterhooks there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but hoping for a good hit out, a good amount of line speed, controlling the ball a bit and seeing um, what we should be seeing in round one um, for that first 40, 50 minutes of the game. Yeah, I think that, Nothing that, else that, boys? that sums oh, up succinctly. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it on a tee right there. Um, it's a trial. You want to see your fundamentals addressed to a you know solid level. You want to get out without any injuries, and then yeah, a little bit of intent and aggression, both in line speed and like I said, with the sort of pod play, would be really nice. All right. Well, we might leave it there um, until after Sunday, and then we'll come back next Tuesday, and then we get the weeks break. So perhaps next Tuesday will be a bit of a season preview um, with some of our picks um, that we regularly do for the season ahead. And then we jump straight into the first real round of action back in Australia, uh, which will see us kicking off against the Bulldogs on 9th of March, 5.30pm at Paramount Stadium, which I'm hoping and I'm assuming will be a packed house. Yes, sir. Fingers crossed. Everyone's got to get out there. I'll definitely be out there. I've just got my digital tickets. Um, check on your uh, gym or, uh, on your email. Um, they've just sent out the, the digital passes for all of those season um, ticket holders. You just pop them straight into your Google uh, Google wallet or Apple wallet, whatever you use. And so then you don't even have to bring those bloody um, tags with the, the the thing around your neck. The lanyard. The lanyard, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Unless you want to look like an old man like us three. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I have mine in a I little have, I have my, mine on my Google pass. Come on, guys, get the times. No, I have a leather wallet that I whip out at the. Uh, I whip it out at the um, ticket gate, and then I also pull my ticket out too. Um, I still rock the lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks very much for this week, um, and let's go for the next trial and straight into round one. Cheers. Okay, good. <laughs>